Amateur Radio Newsline Report number 2365, with a release date of Friday, February 24th, 2023, to follow in 5, 4, 3, 2, 1. The following is a QST. A national emergency brings hams to the scene in New Zealand. Amateur Radio puts the spotlight on autism awareness. And the repeater system gets an upgrade in Southern Maryland. All this and more as Amateur Radio Newsline Report number 2365 comes your way right now. From around the world, this is Newsline, Amateur Radio's first independent on-the-air news and bulletin service. Now reporting from Charleston, West Virginia, here's Jim Dameron, NATMW. Our top story takes us to New Zealand, which is trying to recover after Cyclone Gabriel touched off a national state of emergency. On the North Island, at least 11 people were killed and thousands were reported missing. Jim Meachin's ZL2BHF brings us up to date. Radio operators with Amateur Radio Emergency Communications, or AREC, were put to the test after Cyclone Gabriel swept through the North Island, bringing floods and damage to infrastructure. AREC volunteer members and other licensed TAMs had braced themselves in advance of the storm's landfall on Sunday the 12th of February. Don Robertson's at L2TYR forward slash ZK6EX, the CEO of AREC, told Newsline that in Auckland, AREC began providing radio support across the region for field teams and maintained VHF contact with the region's 14 civil defence centres plus local community response groups. Volunteers logged contacts, handled logistics, phone calls, communications and used their PC skills as needed until AREC was stood down at midday on Thursday the 16th of February. Meanwhile, in Hardhead Hawks Bay, amid rising rivers and power outages, only three AREC members were able to respond, each working 12-hour shifts. Don told Newsline, quote, There are many more stories of the heroic efforts by AREC members and licensed amateur radio operators, and the details will come out in due course. End quote. He said that many recovery efforts have got underway and are expected to continue for years. As Newsline went to production, search and rescue workers were also arriving from Australia. This is Jim Meachin, ZL2BHF. Hours after a 6.4-magnitude earthquake rocked the already-stricken region of Turkey and Syria on Monday, February 20th, mainstream media turned its attention to the critical role that amateur radio was playing there. Jeremy Boot, G4NJH, picks up the story from here. With communications taken down in much of the region of Turkey and northern Syria, amateur radio repeaters on VHF and UHF frequencies kept communications open for rescue work and other aid. That dramatic story was told on the BBC programme Digital Planet on Tuesday the 21st of February by Aziz Sasa, TA1E, president of the Turkish Amateur Radio Association. The retired engineer was interviewed by the presenter, Gareth Mitchell, an amateur radio operator himself, with the call sign M7GJM. Aziz said that following the disaster, VHF and UHF repeaters throughout the region had been the only means of communication for seven days, as rescuers and agencies shared frequencies and information.
he said that the longer-distance capabilities of HF were not as essential because most of the issues involved were local and could be handled via VHF shorter-range frequencies. Asked what the greatest contribution of the Hamas has been so far, Aziz said simply, We helped in saving lives. I believe that's quite a nice thing for us. This is Jeremy Boot, G4NJH. A call has gone out worldwide for hams to get on the air to bring greater attention to the needs of individuals who have autism. We have more details from Paul Brown, WD9GCO. Amateurs throughout the world whose lives have been touched by autism are going to be getting on the air to help raise awareness of the autism spectrum disorder during World Autism Awareness Week. Between March 25th and April 2nd, operators will be looking to log stations using any mode of their choice with the goal of directing successful contacts to the events page on QRZ.com. This is all about education. Amateurs in the United States will be using the call W2Alpha. Hams in other countries may want to secure local special event calls, but they will be able to use their home call instead if a special call is not available. All participating hams will be calling CQ Special Event Autism Awareness Week. The organizer, James, KB2FMH, will also be setting up a Discord chat group channel to help operators coordinate their bands and modes to make the most of propagation and traffic. Operators outside the United States should also let James know what call sign they will be using. Hams have already expressed interest from around the world, but more operators are still needed. This is Paul Brown, WD9GCO. Organizers of the 18th annual SalmonCom in Washington State have changes in their plans this year, and they're shouting those changes from the summits for good reason. As we hear from Ralph Squalacci, KK6ITB. The SalmonCon gathering in Washington State is sharing its celebration of QRP operators this year with SOTA operators by adding some Pacific Northwest summits to their annual campout. Hams will start to gather on Friday, July 7th, and activation of the peaks will begin early on Saturday, July 8th. Through Sunday, low-power operators in the Pacific Northwest will enjoy the fellowship of QRP and activities such as transmitter hunts. They will also activate the SalmonCon special event call sign K7S. This year, organizers are hoping to get as many activations as possible on Saturday at noon local time from peaks with the SOTA designation W7W. SalmonCon is promoting summit-to-summit and chaser contacts on 60, 40, and 30-meter HF bands along with 2-meter simplex. There will be a special emphasis on peaks in the W7W slash KG and W7W slash CW areas. Visit the SalmonCon website for more details. This is Ralph Squillacci, KK6ITB. Engineers with an interest in satellites and satellite operation may want to consider helping out AMSAT North America as volunteers. Andy Morrison, K9AWM, tells us what they're looking for. If you are a satellite enthusiast with an engineering background and want to become more involved in AMSAT North America, you may want to consider one of these volunteer opportunities. AMSAT's Fox Plus team needs a volunteer electrical engineer with RF experience and a working knowledge of analog and digital communications protocols. 
The right candidate will be involved in designing and building the RF communications subsystems for low Earth orbit 1U through 3U CubSats. The position will help provide digitally synthesized audio for FM-modulated VHF, UHF, SHF voice and telemetry channels. AMSAT's Fox and Golf CubeSat teams also need mechanical engineers to join its all-volunteer team of a dozen or so electrical, mechanical, software, and systems engineers. The team is developing a series of low-Earth orbit and highly elliptical orbit 1U through 3U CubeSats for AMSAT's engineering and educational goals. Candidates should be U.S. citizens or permanent residents of the U.S. Volunteers can expect to spend about five hours a week on the project they're assigned to and will attend a weekly meeting online to provide updates. Resumes can be sent to volunteer at amsat.org. This is Andy Morrison, K9AWM. Newsline reminds our listeners that young hands who live in the continental United States have an opportunity to make news if they aren't already doing so by being a recipient of this year's Amateur Radio Newsline Bill Pasternak Memorial Young Ham of the Year Award. Consider nominating an amateur radio operator 18 years of age or younger, someone who has talent, promise, and a commitment to the spirit of ham radio. Find application forms on our website, arnewsline.org, under the Y-H-O-T-Y tab. Nominations open on the 1st of May, close on May 31st. Time for you to identify your station. We are the Amateur Radio Newsline, heard on bulletin stations around the world, including the N5OZG repeater of the Crescent City Amateur Radio Group in Metairie, Louisiana, following the net on Sundays at 8 p.m. Residents in Southern Maryland can be reassured that emergency communications just got a little easier thanks to the efforts of local hams. Here's Cell MB, KB3TZD with those details. A newly installed radio repeater system has given Calvert County, Maryland and the surrounding region an upgrade in the emergency communication system. Licensed as K3CAL, the system was a project of the Calvert Amateur Radio Association and the Radio Amateur Civil Emergency Service, or RACES. The RACES officer for Calvert County, William Hackett Sr., N3XMZ, told the website baynet.com that the new system was a huge improvement over its predecessor. It will provide enhanced coverage for handheld radios throughout Calvert County into the Chesapeake Bay region and parts of Patuxent River. The system includes UHF capability on 444.95 MHz from a tower in the southern end of the county and a VHF system on 146.985 MHz from a tower in the northern part of the county. The two sites are also capable of being linked. Brian Cress, KB3WFV, Vice President of the Calvert Amateur Radio Association, called it, quote, a win for Calvert County citizens as another layer of protection from a communication blackout. This is LMB, KB3TZD. If the lights were shining a little brighter over lighthouses in Latin America and elsewhere in the Southern Hemisphere, it was likely because of the American Lighthouses Weekend on the air from February 17th to the 19th. Graham Kemp, VK4BB, brings us the illuminating details. 
Perhaps no one will remember this year's American Lighthouses weekend better than hams with the Amateur Radio Alliance of Puerto Rico, KP4ARA. Operators accomplished a first-time double activation from two lighthouses on the island. The Coonabarincan Lighthouses, one historic and one relatively new. Working several bands and using digital modes, the Lighthouse Hams, Amilo, WP4KEY and Wanda KP4NYC log QSOs with a total of 42 DXCC entities, including Asiatic Russia, Venezuela, the Philippines, England, Switzerland and Japan. The weekend was marked by another dramatic first, participation by radio operators at the Esperanza base in Antarctica. According to the organising committee of Argentina, the radio club group DX, Bujillo Blanco of Argentina. This established a new record for the total number of DXCC entities and countries involved in the event. The general coordinator of the event was Carlos Almiron, LU7DSY, who said in a public statement how pleased he was with the enthusiasm and collaboration that helped create pride and new accomplishments during this 15th year of the February Lighthouse Festival. This is Graham Kemp, VK4BB. A ham in Australia has been honoured for having copied the final signals of an important but ageing satellite as it was dying. We hear that story from Jason Daniels, VK2LAW. Congratulations to Mark Jessup, VK5QI of South Australia, for being the recipient of the FS3 award from the Mauritius Amateur Radio Society. The non-profit amateur radio group created the honour to recognise the last formal reported signals from the FalconSat-3 microsatellite. The 50-kilogram satellite, launched in 2007 from Cape Canaveral in Florida, went into decay in January. The Amateur Radio Society sent the Australian satellite enthusiast his certificate along with some stamps commemorating MO112, the Mauritian infrared satellite, which was that nation's first satellite. FalconSat-3 was developed by cadets and faculty at the United States Air Force Academy in Colorado, but control of the satellite was transferred to amateur radio operators in April of 2017. A notice in AMSAT News Service thanked Mark Hammond, N8MH, for his years of work as a command station for FalconSat-3. This is Jason Daniels, VK2LAW. In the world of DX, listen for Dave, YC5YC-7, and Arlie, YC7UDD-P, operating on Telic, Harapan Beach on the Reitua Island, IOTA number OC-166, from the 25th through to the 27th of February. They'll operate on SSB, FT8, and RIDI on HF. They will upload logs to Logbook of the World and Club Log. There will be 10 other operators with YB7, YC7, and YD7 calls operating near them doing a beaches-on-the-air operation. Eight special call signs are being activated to commemorate the 43rd anniversary of the 1980 referendum for autonomy and representing the provinces of Andalusia. They are on the air through the 28th of February. Call signs are AN43AL, Amaria, AN43CA, Cadiz, AN43CO, Cordoba, AN43GR, Granada, AN43HU, Huelva, AN43JA, Jaén, AN43MA, Malaga, and AE43SE, Sevilla.
Be listening as well on the 28th of February for AN43AND, which is Andalusia Day, QSL via Logbook of the World and EQSL. Be listening for David, F4FKT, active as FT4YM, from Dumont Dearville Station, IOTA number AN017, from Isle de Petrol. He is on the air until the 27th of February. He'll also operate as FT4YM slash MM from the icebreaker La Strolebe from the 28th of February to the 5th of March. QSL via F5PFP. For our final story, we visit with a group of hams in Minnesota on a wintertime fishing expedition. Kent Peterson, KC0DGY, tells us what they caught while at the lake. Uh, here's a hint. It wasn't fish. In Minnesota, it's considered a winter tradition for some people to go out on the frozen lakes for fishing. One group that took to the frozen waters in the Twin Cities region of the state was hoping for a different kind of catch. They set up their equipment on White Bear Lake at Matamidai Beach in the hopes of reeling in some QSOs while operating portable. This was the February 11th Hams on the Ice event where antennas took place of fishing rods and the waves being plumbed were radio waves. The four-hour event drew 20 or so amateurs. Some brought portable heaters. Others were simply warmed by the idea of working some DX, and many did. This was the amateur's winter equivalent of a monthly group gathering known as Hams in the Park, held during warmer months. According to a video on the YouTube channel of Matthew K0LWC, the Hams were also there to provide an opportunity for some of the region's youngest licensees. With a little help, some of the newer hams got their first contacts on HF Radio. With Mike Fright being a big concern for a lot of newcomers, you might even say they broke the ice. This is Kent Peterson, KC0DGY. Do you have a piece of amateur radio news you think Newsline would be interested in? We're not talking about advertising your club's upcoming ham fest or field day participation, but something that is out of the ordinary. If so, send the brief overview by way of the contact page at arnewsline.org. If it's newsworthy and we would like to cover it, we'll get back to you for more details. With thanks to Amateur Radio Weekly, AMSAT News Service, Baynet.com, the BBC, CNN, CQ Magazine, David Behar, K7DB, Don Robertson, ZL2TYR slash ZK6EX, DXWorld.net, Emilio Ortez Jr., WP4KEY, FCC, 425DX News, Greg Mossop, G0DUB, QRZ.com, Reuters, Minnesota Ham Radio, Soda Reflector, Shortwave Radio.de, Wireless Institute of Australia, YouTube, and you, our listeners, that's all from the Amateur Radio Newsline. We remind our listeners that Amateur Radio Newsline is an all-volunteer nonprofit organization organization that incurs expenses for its continued operation. If you wish to support us, visit our website at arnewsline.org and know we appreciate you all. We also remind listeners, if you like our newscast, please leave us a five-star rating wherever you subscribe to us. For now, with Karen Eve Murray, KD2GUT at the News Desk in New York, and our news team worldwide, I'm Jim Dameron, NATMW in Charleston, West Virginia, saying 73. And as always, we thank you for listening. Amateur Radio Newsline is copyright 2023, all rights reserved.